Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, uh, we're going to start talking talking about constraints and sort of especially self, self-imposed constraints. And in some ways, this is just like the follow-on to what I just said, where it's like never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. And it's kind of coming from a place where I've been so this last week, um, John Gruber and Ben Thompson launched a, a podcast called Dithering, which is limited to 15 minutes, um, sort of no more, no less. And th- it reminded me, obviously, like of, of, of our show, of Under the Radar, and in many ways, even moreover, of the, my previous show uh, to Under the Radar, which was called Developing Perspective, which is a show I did for, I think, about four years before Under the Radar. Um, and it was never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. And <laughs> it it's one of those things that I like. I, I've found that limit and like every podcast I've ever done, like other than a few like one-off interview interviews, uh, interview shows or things like that, there's always been a limit and I'm just used to it now. Like in my mind, like when I'm podcasting, there's always a hard limit, but it is certainly abnormal in some ways for, uh, for podcasts and it is not something that is typical. But I think the reason why I got started with developing perspective with a 15 minute limit, um, I think is instructive just in general for sort of creative endeavors and things that you want to start and things that you want to make. Um, because what I've found and this applies just generally is that having constraints of any kind usually increases the quality of the output that you, um, that you end up with. And, you know, obviously you can constrain for many different things, but in, you know, in the case of podcasts, like some of the easiest things to do is to constrain the length and to say, I'm going to limit myself to, you know, developing perspective is 15 minutes, under the radar is 30 minutes. Um, And it gives you this tremendous kind of like focusing tool and this ability to kind of like just, it's, there's this hard thing that you have in your mind that you have to work around and the process of working around it and getting good at working around it, you know, is makes you better and makes you sort of a better, you know, better podcaster, better app maker, better artist, whatever it might be, because that constraint um, is a useful thing. Um, but I'm curious before I get into that too much, Mark, because you were actually, like, I, I never listened to developing perspective as a listener, but I, I, you know, I know you did. And I'm curious if you remember your first experience with that limit and what that sort of, as a listener, what that, what that sort of, I don't know what that, what that meant to you or what that, how that, how that kind of resonated with you when you first kind of came across that style. I think you hooked me pretty fast. You know, I, I realized this show is interesting and I want more of it. But before a listener reaches that point, before you've hooked somebody, before they've decided they like you and they want to listen to more of you, having a constraint like that, I think, helps people get in the door more. Because, you know, as a podcast listener for a very long time, way before I made my own app, um, I had the same problems that many people have, which is most podcast enthusiasts have more podcasts to listen to than they have time to listen to them. And many tech shows, especially because, you know, tech shows are what I know. So this is kind of the role I know. Um, Many tech shows are done in kind of a a loose conversational manner. That's, That's how almost everything I do is done. And what that does usually is expand to fill lots of time because we're having casual, unscripted conversations with people who are passionate about stuff and want to talk a lot. And so, you know, like typical episode of ATP is about two hours long. Um, And, you know, and that's, you know, many tech shows have one to two hours as like their typical length. And so when presented with like, here's a new podcast that I might want to subscribe to, if it's going to be like an hour and a half or two hours a week, 
I know that realistically, I'm probably not going to get to that because I already have so many long shows I listen to. I'm, I'm not probably not going to have enough podcast listening time to add another hour and a half long show. And that's a very common sentiment among podcast listeners. Like, you know, when something new is presented to them, it's like, well, do I really want to add another like hour commitment a week, basically, of listening? Do I have enough time for that? And so when you say right up front in like the definition of the show, it's only going to be short. And people know like 15 minutes is short. That's I mean, even 30 minutes is is fairly short, but like 15 is obviously even more so. Right. And so when you when you say like this is only a 15 minute show every episode that really, I think, encourages people that, you know what? No, you probably do have time for this. You can take this one on. This is a small commitment. So you can take a risk on this. Like if you don't know us already and and we're saying our show is only 15 minutes long, you can take a risk on us because you know that it's not that big of a time commitment for you. And a second part of this as a podcast is like people often fall behind on podcasts. They might accumulate multiple episodes that they haven't had time to get to given you know maybe they're on maybe it's like winter vacation and they're home all day or they're stuck in their houses during a months-long quarantine and they don't have a commute anymore episodes build up for shows in various times for people and when each of those episodes that's built up is an hour and a half long you're just going to start deleting them you like or or you're going to you're going to say you're going to get to them someday and you never will and you'll feel bad and you know you'll have this like you know podcast debt that you feel guilty about that you're not getting to if each of those episodes that has stacked up is only 15 or 30 minutes long, you know you can plow through them a lot faster. And so you're more likely then to not feel bad about it and to be able to get through all of them on like a long walk or, you know, like or you know, while doing your dishes or something, you can plow through a couple here and there. And that's another thing. Short episodes enable people to listen to a complete episode in more contexts. So like, you know, if you if you only have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, if you have like a short commute or if you have a short task you're doing, you can get through an entire one of those episodes probably. Whereas you can get through maybe like half of a topic on a tech show, right? Sure. So in a lot of contexts, that also is something you want where like you don't want to like be constantly chopping up what you're listening to. You want to like have a complete thing and then be done with it and then you can move on to you know your next thing. And so having a shorter show improves all of those things. And it isn't what everybody wants. A lot of people, you know, you, you leave them wanting more and they, they want more. They, maybe they have time. Maybe they listen to podcasts all day as they work and they, they burn through lots of them. But that's probably not most of the audience. Most of the audience has a time constraint of how much they can listen to per week. And if you're not adding much to that, that'll help get way more people into the door and it'll help you retain people over time. Yeah, and, and I can say from my experience, like as a you know, as, as a maker of only of only time constrained podcasts, like I hear this is something that I hear very often from the on the audience side, is that yeah, like there's there's something helpful, and I think in some ways it, there there's a sense of it is sort of intrinsically trying to be respectful of the listener. And I think that as a listener, often you, I get the feeling that they 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 feel that that it's the intention of the show becomes about being, you know, sort of respectful of their time and sort of constraining it such that not that necessarily like a two hour tech show has a lot of filler, like, but it has less focus and less sort of deliberance in it or deliberance is not a word, but to, to deliberation, I guess, <laughs> um, it's, it's less deliberate, um, in potentially in what it does, or it has, maybe it has more banter or it has more silly sidetracks and, you know, sort of little digressions down the side, which are lovely and are part of what makes the show the show but are 
in some ways are less, you know, that they're, that they're a trickier thing in terms of what that means, what that actually means for the audience. That if the audience is, if you're trying, if you have a community, an idea you want to communicate and you want to communicate it clearly and you have a time constraint, that will help you to you know, sort of be respectful of your audience's time and really help sort of communicate that in a sort of a concise, um, like intentional way that is perhaps rather more rather than the kind of more meandering one or approach where you may like you have the benefit of getting all of the individuals thinking and you might hear them like you know give a couple of different versions um, of their idea and that helps you increase the richness of that communication perhaps but it's different if you only have 15 minutes to say it like you really got to think about it and speak more clearly and help it kind of it's this helpful thing and i think as an audience person like that was something that i always would hear is that like they liked that that you know developing perspective or under the radar there's a sort of there's this very it's respectful of the audience in a way that just honors their time and isn't assuming that i am i've i haven't necessarily i haven't earned more than 15 minutes of your time or i haven't earned more than 30 minutes of your time and it's easier for me to kind of make my make sure that i'm worth it um, if all I'm asking for is 15 or 20 minutes, um, rather than, you know, two hours, you know, the quality has to be so much higher for that, I think in some ways too. Oh yeah. And like, you know, my mode of speaking, the, the way I talk on this show is totally different than the way I talk on ATP that, because I'm, I'm always aware of the time I'm always looking, I'm always keeping an eye on, on that clock in the corner of my screen to see like, all right, how, how far are we? And, and I know roughly where we are in the show. I know that right now we're at about nine and a half minutes. And so, you know, we're going to do the sponsor break somewhere around 15 minutes. So right now, kind of like two thirds of the way through like the the initial pre-sponsor break topic. And I know I have to keep a certain pace to get out my thoughts. And then I also am very conscious about when I'm talking a lot, making sure I leave enough time for you to get your thoughts in. So I have to like pull back and stop at a certain point so that I leave enough time for you. And all of this is totally different than how I do ATP. It's there's there's none of that in ATP because there's no there's no time constraint on ATP. I can just I can talk forever, and then John can talk forever, and then Casey can talk forever, and it's fine. Yeah, and it's a different it's a different format, and it's it's a and it's not to say necessarily that I'm saying that like this is the best way to do podcasts and everyone should do it. It's but it's I think there is a powerful thing in it um, when you put this constraint on you, and I think too. So that's like on the audience side, but I will say too on the creator side. Like it is a powerful tool to constrain the length or constrain the the content or the format or whatever you're going to kind of do. You constrain a lot of different things. Uh, I think the most powerfully what that means is that it helps you to start and to feel confident about actually starting um, the project. Like developing perspective was 15 minutes because I wanted to have a podcast. Like at the time I was this big, like I listened to podcasts constantly, like I love podcasts, but I never had one. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Do I have enough to speak about? You know, am I, am I well-spoken enough? Whatever all these, the sort of the negative, like self-doubt things that I had in my mind. And what I ended up on was it's like, well, if it's only 15 minutes, like I can say, like you, I can speak for 15 minutes about a topic and and I don't feel like I'm going to be waffling. I don't feel like I'm going to be kind of, I don't, have, I don't have time for digressions or for sort of issues like that. And it was something that I feel like from a time commitment perspective, I could do that. I wasn't like taking on two hours a week of work. I was taking on 15 minutes of work a week, which is way less, way easier. And I mean, the same thing when you and I sort of took on under the radar, it's like, okay, this is twice as long, but it's still only half an hour of, of recording. It's a much less of, an, of a commitment of time and energy and effort. Um, and I think that really helps to both to get started. And then probably moreover is once the kind of initial excitement phase of starting a new project kind of wears off, it's like how 
you know, how, how likely are you to continue it and sustain it uh, going forward? And by making it constrained in format or length, like it's much easier for us to keep doing this um, because it's not a huge investment of our time. And when life gets complicated or our projects get complicated or whatever is happening in our life, like it might be tricky if we were, if, if, every, if we were trying to find two hours to record together, that can get complicated. But if we we're just trying to find half an hour, like I can always find half an hour in my schedule. And so it's much easier um to do that. And so from a creator perspective, I think having those constraints on, you know, sort of to the length of a show has both has been really helpful there. And I will say too, like, it, it don't feel like too, if you ever were starting something that has a, like a length constraint, that you are forever, like bound by it in a way that is completely immovable. Like, it is important to be respectful of the format and give people what they want. But, you know, in the, the developing perspective days, like I had a couple episodes that were interviews, and those didn't have the time constraint. And like, if we, if we ever did an interview on this show, you know, like I know uh, Craig Federici just did a great interview with uh, Federico Vitici on uh, app stories. And it's like, if we ever got, whoever got one of those, if we ever get a call from Apple and they say, Hey, we want to do an interview on your show. Like it might not be 30 minutes long. And the feedback I always got was like, that's fine. As long as you respect the core, like, you know, that, that, that's a different show the people who are interested in your actual show, your normal show, are probably going to be interested in that. So like, don't feel like you are forever bound by those rules, but having those rules is so helpful for getting started and then for keeping it going um, and kind of focusing your mind as you're going. I like, I like to have you pointed out that it's like you can change if you, if you need to or if it's best for the show. Like my wife does a podcast called uh, Somehow I Manage, which is a podcast about the, episode, the TV show The Office. And initially, they had, it's a one, you know, one, it's a rewatch show, so like one episode per episode of The Office. And initially, they wanted to keep the podcast the same length or shorter as the episodes, which are like 22 minutes long. And it turns out 22 minutes is really tight for two people discussing the ins and outs of, of a TV episode. And so they, they, tried it as a, as a constraint but it just it wasn't good for the format it wasn't good for the content and so they expanded it a little bit they went to like 30 or 35 or 45 minutes and it's fine right so like the you know constraints you don't have to stick with them forever if they don't work it's like my whole thing like with with the magazine not having a setting screen I, i'm not gonna have a setting screen and it turns out that was a terrible idea and i needed one and it was better <laughs> so yeah. you know you can start with constraints and you can change your mind later if you need to we are brought to you this week by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide so far, including their newest one in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, their new S3-compatible storage option, and next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. You can get started on Linode today with a $20 credit with listeners of our show, and you get access to their entire infrastructure. They have, of course, native SSD storage for very fast performance, a 40 gigabit network behind it all, industry-leading processors. Their cloud manager has been recently revamped. It's now built on an open-source single-page app, and it's built on their awesome API. You can use their API if you need to to automate things. You can use a CLI tool to create instances, all sorts of wonderful stuff, or you can stay out of the API and just use a nice graphical interface, and it's wonderful. Their plans start at just $5 a month, and they have lots of options to go up, up and above and beyond that for various needs you might have, including specialty needs like dedicated CPU plans, GPU compute plans, high memory plans, and more. I use Linode myself. I host all my stuff there, and I'm very, very happy there. I've hosted it there since way before they were a sponsor for almost 10 years now. 
And I'm just very happy at Linode. I run something like 30 servers there now, and it's it's just wonderful. So go to linode.com slash radar, and to get that $20 credit towards your next project, use promo code UNDERTHERADAR2020 when creating a new Linode account. So once again, linode.com slash radar, promo code UNDERTHERADAR2020 for a $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I think what you just said, though, about the magazine is a really useful kind of like transition point for us, though, like talking so right, moving around a little bit from talking about podcasts into turning this into a bit more about apps. Like there are so many things that you can do when you the creation of an app that are constraints that you can put on yourself. And I think many of them have the same benefits that constraining the length of a podcast has. And like your example there of constraining yourself to say that you're never you're not going to have a setting screen. Like while ultimately, and like down the road, that ended up not being necessarily the right thing for the app. Uh, like I imagine in the creation of it, it's a very useful tool because it means that if you forced yourself to think, like how can I structure this so that it doesn't need one? So that how can I anticipate what choices my user would want and design around that? Um, or prevent prevent you potentially from going down lots of rabbit holes and giving all these kind of like these these bifurcations you can have in your design where it's like well what if the user wants to be wants it to be this way and this way then you end up building both like by does you know sort of by saying to yourself I'm only going to sort of build I'm going to build the app such that it doesn't need a setting screen you force yourself to make a bunch of choices that maybe aren't in the long term what you want or you know, the best thing for the you know for the longevity of the app but almost certainly for the creation of it like i suspect the magazine app as it's as it was was better for not having a setting screen to start with like i feel like that's the kind of thing where these constraints that you put on yourself can just be these really helpful tools for focusing your mind and kind of giving you something uh like in some ways i almost kind of think about it like it's hard to like, it, like it's hard. It's, it's hard to push something if you can't. If you if you're not on a solid. Like if you don't have something to push against. You know, like like you can't. If you just push on one thing, but you you have nothing on the other side of you. Like you really can't move it nearly as much as you can if you can push on both sides. Like you need this anchoring to kind of be 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 working against, and that really helps you to like to move things in real life. Um, but in some ways, if you don't have any constraints, if you are just like this free and open thing, like then you're like if you're up like you're up in space and you're trying to push something like that doesn't really work you have nothing <laughs> to push against and you know if you imagine a, a, like an astronaut floating in space and he's trying to push something away from him like sort of but it, it like you it doesn't work as well like you really need to have something behind you that's a limit that is like okay i can this is somewhere that i'm stuck against and i'm working against um and i have this like constraint and whatever that is like in some ways like i have a whole list of things we can talk about but you need to have something. You need to have some kind of constraint that you're putting on yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to be, you know, spinning around in space, and that sounds awful. And also, like, you know, the constraint often represents a goal. If you kind of, you know, step up a level, like, you know, my, my thing with the magazine, I didn't want a setting screen. Why? Step up a level. I didn't want a setting screen because I didn't want it to be too complicated. So even after I gave in on the setting screen thing, I can still try to achieve the goal, the idea of well don't make it complicated so okay I, I needed to have a setting screen after all it was it was ended up being more complicated to try not to have one but the idea of not keeping of not making it complicated still guided me in the design of what i had to do to break that constraint and i still kept it very simple and tried to have very few options keep everything very clear you know keep it mostly 
not having options, mostly not having settings, and and just have like the the bare minimum I can get away with. And you know the similar thing like we were like we were saying with podcasts. If you're constraining your length, what you're really saying is I want to make like a tight show. I want I want it to be concise and and fast paced and dense and respectful of people's time. You can still do that as the as your guiding principle, even if you have to change or break your stated time constraint or your your time goal, right? And so the same thing with apps. Like if you if you constrain yourself and you say, okay. This is not going to be an app that I slowly work on as a labor of love that I'm going to pour my entire soul into for six years before anybody sees it. Instead, I'm going to make a, a small, simple app. I'm going to do it fairly quickly. I'm not going to tackle any big, hairy features. I'm just going to make it like small and tight and not a big commitment, not a big investment. That is a very useful guiding goal, and you know, and that that applies to so many things. That can apply, you know, mostly to like your timeline. You know, if if you say like I want to make an app in the next month, like one month from now, I want it to be in the store. So what does that mean? So this week I have to do this. This week I have to be here. This week I have to have reached this goal, etc. And you know, that's even that can be a very useful constraint, even if it's a little bit broad or a little bit you know squishy. You know, to having any kind of constraint can really help a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think timeline is probably what, like the most powerful constraint for a new project. Um, like having a deadline, like focuses the mind and helps you be sort of ruthless in a good way of deciding. You know, should I do this feature? Should I not do this feature? Um, and like having, I mean, it's especially I will say as an, sort of as an independent developer, it's the hardest thing is deciding and holding yourself accountable to a deadline. Because there is no one outside of me. There's no, there's no like external force who's telling me that you have to ship by this day. And that's why, like in all of my apps, I tend to have this point where, like, I I literally will, you know, I take a piece, big piece of paper, and I write no more new features. And then I draw a picture of a, a, a really terrible, crude picture of a ship because, and then I stick it to my iMac and I say, <laughs> I'm done. Like I've had to do this with, I did this with Calzones, I did this with Watchsmith, and I'll stick it to my computer. And then from that point on, like I'm done, I'm, I've hit my, I've, I've hit my time limit and all I can do is the last, like, you know, I can work on screenshots and description and this, you know, last bit of testing and stuff like that, but I'm done with features, but I have to impose that on myself. Like I have to give myself the constraint and then hold myself accountable to it because otherwise it's, it's so natural and easy to be like, Oh, well, what if I, it would be, the app would be better if I did this. Oh, the app would be better if I did that. And but not having any constraint there, you'll just keep like meandering around forever and you'll never actually get anywhere. And like you won't necessarily and you very quickly hit a point that you're getting diminishing returns like on the viability of the app or, you know, you're, you're inventing the features that you think people will want. But in reality, people might not might not want at all. They might want something completely different. And you're building like this app for this imaginary person who doesn't exist. Some of the things, though, that you can also think of with constraints, like I was trying to think of what are some of the um, the timeline. So like timeline is the biggest one that I can think of. But, like the next kind of biggest constraint is probably like platform. Like what are you building this for? And so maybe this is to start with the app only is on the iPhone or is uh, is only on the iPad or the Mac or uh, the watch or whatever it is. Like you can kind of constrain the number of platforms that you uh, go to because in, in sort of the modern world of Apple development, like there are a lot of platforms that you can now address with in theory, like the same code. Um, and that's a very, like the same code has like the biggest quotes around it. You could imagine. Yeah. There's a couple asterisks and daggers yeah. on that. There's, there's a lot of asterisk footnotes, those double daggers. Like there's, yeah. there's tre- tre- like, tremendous caveats around that because in theory, like you could, you could address the Mac. I like the uh, iPhone, iPad, 
tvOS and the watch all with um, like the, the you know the same Swift UI code probably or at least mostly the same but like that's not true and what you're doing and like while ultimately that might be the case like constraining the number of platforms you address at the beginning is probably a useful helpful thing um, because if you launch on one platform and it's successful, there's almost certainly going to be a desire for it to go to those other platforms. And then there's a reason for it to go to those other platforms because other people have asked for it and your customers want it rather than just doing this work without necessarily even knowing that it's going to get there. Um, and you could, another thing you can constrain is the feature set. Like you can just say like, these are the features I'm going to start with, which is very sort of loosely related to timeline. Like those two things tend to kind of work in opposition to each other, but like for some people, I could imagine that just the features thinking of something as a feature rather than as time, um, or probably moreover, if your time is not something that you have, you know, as much control over. Like if this is a nights and weekend project, and the time it takes to get it done is very variable based on you know your your day job and your life more generally. But saying I'm only going to ship with the, the, the you know this set of features that could be a useful um, constraint you put on yourself. Um, you could constrain the audience um, for an application. So say like. This is kind of intent. You could, you know, many apps can have many different uses. You know, you can sometimes even just as simple as you could say, like, is this for, you know, a, a professional use or is this for uh, a more casual use? And, you know, so like when I made a calendar app, like you could make that focused on one or the other um, and the features and the direction you take will be different. And if you try and do both, um, it's going to be difficult, um, both from a time perspective and a design perspective. Um, you could also constrain the languages and the locales that you support. So this is like, do you support localization? How much are you testing like right to left languages and all these things, which may or may not be important for you and your app and based on the audience question you just answered for yourself. But that's like something that you have to keep in mind. Um, and then also the last one that kind of came to mind to me was uh, you can constrain the sort of design approach you're taking um, to an application. Like, are you, you know, are you trying to just ship something that looks like native iOS or native watch OS or whatever that platform might be. Um, or you're trying to do something completely custom and totally new and like either they both have value and they're both useful in different ways. Um, but you kind of, if you can constrain that and you say like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm never going to, I'm not going to, uh, subclass, um, UI button in this app. Like that's a powerful <laughs> constraint that would dramatically change the number one way that you would build things, or you're never going to, you know, subclass UI uh, table view cell or whatever it is. Like you can kind of give yourself a constraint that might be useful to say that you're only, you're going to keep it as simple as possible to start with at least. Yeah. That kind of thing. I mean, you know, but the, the design and UI stuff that is, that can be such a rabbit hole <laughs> sure. or uh, what's the, what's the term out of rabbit hole, right? What's the, the massive uh, cost sink. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. What, whatever whatever the term is that everyone else who's listening is screaming at me that sure. I can't remember right now. It's <laughs> like th- there is so much potential for massive time loss and and just infinite possible investment in like UI customization. And also, you know, you mentioned earlier a feature set. It, it, w- a lot of it gets down to like, do you want your app to to have settings or not? Like, do you want it to be opinionated or, or and, and say like okay, this is, the, I'm going to make a podcast app that appeals only to people who want to stream full-time and only to people who want to listen and organize in this way and for, who only need this feature X, Y, and Z, you know, stuff like that. You can have that, that kind of constraint. Or you can say more broadly, like, do I want my app to be broad appeal or narrow appeal? Do I want to try to, if I'm making a to-do app, do I, do I want it to make it super customizable and powerful so that, like, everybody with their needs for to-do apps can 
potentially configure my app to satisfy their needs? Or do I want to make something that does something one way and appeal to the people who want it done exactly that way and possibly nobody else? Certainly, like, you know, it's a little bit different with apps versus podcasts and stuff like that because apps have updates, you know. So so one thing you can do that's the, that's a useful thing is, like, start, get, you know, get your version one out there, your minimum viable product, whatever you want to call it. Like, get your version one out there that is significantly constrained and then use the feedback and economics that result from that to decide what to do next. But certainly, like, you know, a lot of this, a lot of these constraints are significantly more valuable for that 1.0. And I think too, it's the, the, the sort of like the underlining lesson that I think hopefully I'm trying to communicate this this episode is the sense that like you just need to to be thoughtful upfront about what constraints you have, honest about them, choose which ones make sense for you, and I think being intentional and conscious about that is where so much of the value comes. That it, it isn't that like a 15 minute podcast or a, an app without a feature a setting screen is intrinsically better, but if it's the thing that you want to build. And you're made a, you've made a conscious choice that that's what you're going to build and that's what you're aiming at. That's where the power comes from. Like that's where the sort of like you get this extra speed, like speed boost that lets you be more effective, make a better product, make a better show, whatever it might be, is because it was a choice that you had and that, that you're holding yourself to, and it sort of guides you along when you kind of inevitably bump into the things on the side of the, the side of the path that is always going to happen when you start something, whether that be an app or a show or any creative endeavor. Yeah, and it also helps you avoid, you know, the the things that you might do speculatively, thinking that you will need to do them. A lot of them you don't need to, right? And yeah. and so by by not even doing a lot of them at first and just kind of testing the waters without doing a lot of the optional stuff, you'll find out just from feedback and stuff, you'll find out like which of those should I actually do and which of them is nobody asking for. <laughs> sure. So, thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you in 2 weeks. Bye.